Blog Talk Radio. Because it makes us feel like we must do something. 
and we just surrender to that and actually do it, then we can find liberation because there is not resistance to limitation. So liberation comes from not resisting our what, what limits us. Hence, if we're able to, right now to focus on those uh, deep emotional issues, rather than having them create limitations for us, we can actually create a breakthrough. So if there's been a loss, in your life or if you are in a sexual relationship with somebody, things that are involving emotionally intense experiences. Um, I think Scorpio also rules things like, you know, loans and, uh, and, and, and income tax and things like that because we have relationship with the government, we have relationship with banks. So if you're being called upon to like look at what those relationships are, what those relationships are if you've found that you owe money or something like that. Surrendering to that rather than fighting it is the uh you know, the the method of the day. So uh, Mercury moving right along in Aries, kind of nice that of all those signs that were in Aries a month ago, Mercury is kind of dragging its along that's because it was retrograde in March and we're not going to have another retrograde Mercury until the end of June so normally between retrograde periods Mercury moves quicker and quicker and quicker and in fact when when Mercury is in um, is in Taurus this year at the beginning of May it's only going to be there for roughly about two weeks very 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 fast and um, it's going to go retrograde in Gemini, so we're going to have a retrograde Mercury in Gemini for a longer period of time. So Mercury is moving quicker now through Aries. It's going to zip through Taurus, and then it's going to slow down as it goes to, uh, Air, um, to Gemini. It's not really making much of an aspect. It is making a kind of an easy sextile right now with Jupiter. So if you're feeling communicative and forceful, it would be easy to sell things right now. I think even with the Moon-Saturn conjunction in Scorpio, it would be kind of easy to sell an idea, particularly with Mercury in Aries. Venus in Taurus, um, it's past Saturn, luckily. Mars in Taurus really in opposition to Saturn, but it's going to become more clear what the effects of that are in early May. As I had said once before, I think that that can be a trigger for conflict um, because we're getting very close to the Uranian-Pluto square. Uh, Neptune, uh, still just sort of hanging out there in Pisces. It isn't really going to create a lot of damage. Um, Neptune in Pisces right now, and it's creating, I think, kind of a subtle opening, a kind of subtle awakening, being in a loose uh, trine with Saturn, and Saturn coming more retrograde, um, we'll be making a much tighter and tighter trine with, with Neptune. It's nice, our ability to focus on transcending, our ability to yield to the authority of Saturn and Scorpio going in deep, and Neptune as our ability to transcend through self, self-sacrifice through uh, compassion through empathy. So the spiritual side of the planetary energies right now are quite good, and um, I think that there's a capacity to elevate us um, through empathetic. You know, we had this terrible tragedy in Boston, which is something of a Saturn and Scorpio event. It brings a constriction through loss, through death, and um, at the same time, 
the empathy that these things are bringing out of us, you'll think that if we have to continue to experience more of them as time goes on, that perhaps the general empathy of the population will reach a certain level where we realize that it could be any of us, and in that way, uh, maybe we'll be able to make some changes in our social policy. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how the sun and the moon and the eclipse that happened at five degrees are preeminent of Saturn retrograding back down to about five degrees. And there'll be more on that when I get ready to do the show topic. For right now, I'm going to go for somebody that's been holding for a while. Uh, Area code 412. Hi, good evening. You're on the Inside Connection. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah? Have I ever spoken with you before? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, let me check my software here. Uh, what's your first name? My name is Keisha. Can you spell it? K I S H A. No, I never have spoken to you, huh? So, what's your birthday? Um, it's 2 3 1979. So February the 3rd, 79, do you know your birth time, Keisha? 7.21 p.m., I think. 07.21 at night? Yeah. And um, what's your birth town? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Got it. Do you know anything about your chart? Not really. Okay. Well, I'll do a little short reading for you about your chart and what it says about you. And um, then, um, you know, I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have, okay? Okay. Um, Are you working right now? Uh, No, I just stopped working, but I am looking for work. You are looking for work? I said I am looking for something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I feel like, you know, you have good opportunities, just so that you know that um, Jupiter's in your 10th house, and it's going to continue to make really nice aspects to your Aquarius planets in the 6th. There's work opportunities coming for you, and not far from now. Um, Are you in a relationship? Um, Somewhat. It's kind of always been back and forth. Now there's Uh another gap. It looks like there might be someone new possibly coming in at the end of June. So um, Jupiter, again, that's a planet of expansion, and it kind of brings good things to simplify its meaning. It kind of brings good things, and it's going to be in a really nice aspect to your Venus and Sagittarius. So let's do a little bit of your natal reading. You have Virgo rising. It makes you, you know, uh, a thinker. You're somebody who likes detail, and maybe you get bogged down a little bit by being too perfectionistic, but it's a part of what you're really here to learn. You're you're good, you're funny, you're, you're talkative. People see you as being social and, and fun to hang out with. As an Aquarius, you have more than one planet in Aquarius. You have the Sun, Mars, and Mercury all in the sixth house. So you're very service-oriented, and... Other people who I think I've met who have Aquarius in the sixth house, they like to dedicate themselves to, to, to like taking care of the needs of a group. So whether that's something like um, 
it it could be it could be like working in a salon even or um uh, healthcare some place where you're taking care of either somebody's personal needs their healthcare needs um, I guess it could be even more about nature or pets because the sixth house also, you know, be like taking care of people's animals, uh, also taking care of people's landscaping. It's kind of broad, but it's about offering the service to a group of people. Like it's a very friendly oriented environment that you want to be able to work in. That's why I say like a, a salon or someplace where like there's people, um, having a good time where because Aquarius is very social so your work environment should be social and with with uh, Gemini at the midheaven you should be able to be talkative and communicating while you work so you know you also have a lot of Sag and there's a theme of Sagittarius in your chart because you have the moon in Taurus in the ninth you have Neptune and Venus also in Sagittarius so there's a lot of like sad feeling, like a spirituality or a desire for traveling or some kind of spiritual um, path for you. Are you interested at all in law? Have you ever worked in a legal office? No, but I kind of think that's where I should have probably went to school and tried for a degree or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, but you're not in school. You're not in school right now. No, I did healthcare. I said I didn't want to do that no more. You know Uh what I mean? Okay. I know how to do hair. I didn't think I really wanted to work with a bunch of females. Okay. So I was thinking maybe something like on the law. You know, maybe you know. Going into law, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. we have to remember that, like. Um, even to the place where I go and get my hair cut, it's very unisex, and it's a girl that cuts my hair, but she's cutting guys and girls all day long. So some of those environments don't have to be, like, strictly, like, beauty salons where it's just women, you know? Right, right. You, if you If you find an environment where it's attracting younger people especially, then, you know, both sexes are showing up to get their hair cut in the same place. That's it's a place where I think if you found the right group you would really feel happy there. And law is something that you're very attracted to because you really like the truth, you know? Yeah. You really like the truth. You're you're you know, Venus in Sagittarius, you're also a blunt speaker. Sometimes you put your foot in your mouth because mm-hmm. you say something, you know, you say something that's just true. <laughs> And you're like, what? You know, like, I just said the truth, you know, but somebody gets offended. And, you know, mm-hmm. you've had to deal with that in your life before also. So, um, you know, you have, a, you have a really nice strong chart, and I feel like you need to, you definitely need to work in a place where you're allowed to, you know, have the details. Like, you're very detail-oriented and service-oriented, so... Were you thinking of maybe looking into legal aid, or were you thinking of looking all the way up to law school, or were you thinking of looking at like a no, certification? probably like legal aid. I don't think. Yeah, I legal would aid can be point. legal aid could be very good for you, and I think you'd actually find it very interesting. So again, hmm. your career happiness is really dependent upon the group, right? More than anything else. Um, it's about the people that you work with. Because all that Aquarius in the sixth house, you need to have an environment that feels friendly. Mm-hmm. 
And um, that's what I'm going to do for your mini reading tonight. Okay. Okay. Do you, right. you have any specific questions? Um, I was looking more for like a relationship. I've been like kind of back and forth with this guy for a while. So I yeah, I would say look to the end of June. End of June, middle of June, all the way up to the 4th of July, Jupiter is going to be in opposition to your natal Venus. Uh, yeah, in, in opposition to your natal Venus, which is a really good sign. And um, it could come a little bit earlier than that, probably, because even towards the end of May, Venus is going to be in opposition to your Venus. But that's usually not strong enough to create that kind of change. And um, <clears throat> when we look at Mars conjunct your natal Venus, which is also at the beginning of July, um, second week of July. To me, that's strong enough. Mars in Gemini conjunct Jupiter in Gemini in opposition to your natal Venus. That's strong enough to actually bring in uh, a pretty strong and very positive love interest. So if you really are just looking, looking to maybe like find someone new and so that you can, um, you know, move on from this relationship that's really not moving in the direction you want it to go in, I would look towards the end of June, June, July, for meeting someone new. So don't forget to put yourself out there. And and in okay. late July and August, check back in with me and tell me how it's going. Okay, thank you so much. All right, hon, you have a good night. Bye. Bye. I'll take one more caller right now because uh, they've also been holding for a while. Um, area code 207, are you there with me? Yes, I am. Hi. What's Hi. Your, what's your name? Okay, um, since you're doing um, astrology, I'll give you my legal name, which is Dorothy. Okay, Dorothy. Have I ever worked with you before? You might have. I usually go by my nickname, D, but... Uh, what's the first initial of your last name? L. Right. I think I do have your chart information. So are you born on May, um, March the 22nd, 1948? I am. 12.25 a.m. in Portland, Maine? Maine. You got awesome, it. Awesome, Dorothy. It's been a while, yeah. definitely, since I've talked yeah. to you. So why don't we take a look at what's going on new in your chart? <clears throat> so, you Great. know... How's relationships for you? <laughs> right now, there are several different people showing an interest. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it, it's been interesting because somebody because every it seems like when people read for me as far as my love life goes, everybody comes up with something different. All right. There's been somebody that was in my life that I was hoping. I mean, he's still sort of in my life, but he really every once in a while he'll send me a a comment on the site where we met. It's it's always a photograph of some you know photograph that he took himself because he doesn't. But he just sort of he's been ignoring me for a long time. I'm yeah, really well, so, you have to you do you dump him and move on. <laughs> because there are several there are several people that are showing an interest. Yeah. And um, I just I just wrote a long email message to a guy tonight that was is on the same site and is looking for for a relationship and he doesn't seem to mind distance or age. He's 48. I'm 65 years young. He's got a four-year-old son. That's fine. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Um, I think that's exciting. He, I'm just hoping that he um, he says his profile says he's in New York, New York, but he's telling me he lives in Dublin. And where do you live? 
I live in Maine. <laughs> oh, you're still up in Maine. Okay. I'm still up well, in Maine. What you I want mean, to be able to do, Dorothy, is you want to be able to keep your choices, you know, um, realistic, right? Right. Well, so, for me, going you know, over there really would be ideal. For, if you really are looking for a relationship, and right now you have Jupiter in the seventh house, it, it can bring mm-hmm. a very good, very positive relationship, Okay. Um, And it's getting very close to conjuncting your natal Uranus, which is in the seventh house, which is like bringing someone exciting, interesting, talkative, funny, uh, well-read, you know, somebody that would really appeal to you. At the end Mm. of June, you're going to have a Jupiter opposition with Jupiter in your seventh house. I think that's very exciting. I think it transforms you in some way. You know, like I want to say, are you ready to move to Dublin? You know, because you've got once Sagittarius. I got my act together, yeah. Yeah, well, you've got Jupiter. You've got you've got Jupiter and Sagittarius in the first house. You have Sagittarius rising. You know, you like a very exciting kind of life, and with all those planets in Leo, you have so many planets in Leo in the eighth house. You know, you're uh, still a hot cookie. <laughs> I, I tell you, I call myself jokingly the Celtic goddess. Okay. Now there's one but I do have really, another Irishman really interested interesting too. Thing. I think there's one other really incredibly interesting thing about your chart that I know has changed since the last time we spoke. Neptune has gone into Pisces and it's conjunct your natal Mercury. Do you know anything about your chart? I know a little, but it's been a long time. I, All right, I well, have you've got your Aries, have, have but you're an Aries and you've got a lot of planets right. in Leo, so you're very fiery, right. you're very bold. But you mm-hmm. have Mercury, that's the mind in Pisces. So you right. do have a certain intuitive, psychic, artistic, uh, imaginative, and very emotional side of you. Yeah, I am a medium, among other things. So, okay. yeah, and, I, that and I'm mediumistic, creative. That mediumistic quality, that mediumistic quality rules your house of marriage and relationships. Mercury is the ruler of your house of marriage. And right now, Neptune is conjunct your natal Mercury. Now, Neptune's the ruler of your third house, and it almost wants me to say that the person that you're going to end up with might be from a foreign country. They might be somebody that's outside of your um, uh, social circle, but they don't live far away from you. They might be far away from you when we look at their demographics, but they're nice. not far away from you when we look at their geographics. That's one big thing that I'm really feeling, and that what's interesting about this particular Neptune-Mercury, you know, I might say in a Neptune-Mercury conjunction, oh, and I'm just going to interrupt us because the moon is rising here, in LA and it's coming up over the houses across the street from my office here and it is amazing beautiful oh, cool. full moon in Scorpio if you people have a clear sky tonight don't miss it it was it Hopefully was I eclipsed do. by the it was eclipsed by the earth today and uh, it had a partial shadow not a full shadow but they're they're celestially auspicious events and it's a lovely thing right now to see the moon because it, it, it's 
sort of was shadowed and now it's back in its in its sort of full glory and that's a a lovely post eclipse energy to sort of bask in tonight especially scorpionic because you can really go very deep tonight if you spend a little time meditating on the moon um the um Neptune conjunct your Mercury is going to make you more psychic, more intuitive, but it could also make you more confused. So you have to be careful that you don't just sort of go running after a wild goose chase right now. And since you've got great, great relationship energy and Neptune on your Mercury, which means it could bring an ideal partner to you. I just want to let you know, Dorothy, don't fetter that away on fantasies. Neptune can create that, and it would be much better for you to bring in and stabilize an ideal situation, okay? That's what Mm -hmm. I want to see you do. I want to use this energy to create a stable situation, okay? Right. Okay. Lovely talking to you again. You you too. We'll see what happens. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So it's lovely to talk with her again. Hello to everybody in my chat room. Coming back to the chat room here and um, seeing that people are in there and uh, want to shout out to everybody. Um, hi, it's great to see you. So let's talk just a little bit about what, what we were here to talk about tonight. And then if anybody else wants to call in for a reading, you know what the number is, 213-943-3395. Today we had an eclipse. Sun in Taurus at 5 degrees, Moon in Scorpio at 5 degrees. This is the axis of what is mine and what is ours because the um, Taurus energy very much rules my things, my body, my values, my, my, what it is that I hold dear to myself, whether it's um, people, um, whether it's possessions, whether it's my own my own thoughts, or whether it's my own behaviors, my own way of acting in the world, what my value system's in. But you see, Taurus is all my, 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 because it's earth and it's grounded in our own body and in our own five senses. So in an interesting way, um, Taurus energy is very subjective, subjective, meaning that it's all about the individual subject. You might look at a list of colors and you might like yellow best, you might like red best or blue best, but to you, that's the best color because that's the color that it is. And Taurus rules that. It's mine. It's my my you know, desk, my chair, my computer, um, you know, my my things and the people that are in my life. Scorpio energy is the, um, it's almost the antithesis of that, but it's on the same axis because it's about what is mine, what is yours, what is ours, what am I willing to, say, share with you? What am I willing to share with you, even experientially, right? Because from a Torian place, we can go out and have dinner and we can, um, you know, enjoy the food or go out and go and see some art and enjoy the art or go and hear music and enjoy the music. These are all sensory experiences that are very Taurus. 
when we go with somebody, we so much want them to be at least having a similar experience that we are, unless we're wanting you know, to go out afterwards and debate our differences. We really enjoy co-experiencing things together and having an enjoyable experience in the same way. Scorpio, when somebody says, I had sex with this person and it was the best sex of my life, Usually it means because the two of you had similar sexual interests or a similar sexual way of relating to each other. It's kind of rare, really, that one person would have the best sex of their life, but the other person in that relationship would say, it was the worst sex of my life. You know, it's, a, it's almost like an impossibility for that, for that to sort of happen because you're co-experiencing it together. So um, Scorpio energy is about sharing, and that's why sexuality comes into it, where, um, you know, Taurus, again, could be about, you know, my sex, sex that I just have with myself. Scorpio is about the sex that we share together. But it's on all that realm of um, experience, and when we take it to the Scorpio side, it becomes water, Scorpio is water, because when we're experiencing it with someone else, there's great emotional content behind it. There's the idea that we want someone to be truthful, we want for them to be intimate, we want to be able to sort of plunge together with them into the great emotional abyss of shared experience, whatever that shared experience is. And the more emotionally connected that we feel with them in that experience, the more intimate the experience is. So whether it's we're going out and we're having oysters or a veggie burger or just french fries at the beach or a milkshake or we're listening to the same music in the car on a road trip, all of those things, whether they're sensory or not, are creating an emotional bond. That's Scorpio. The eclipse today was the Earth actually passing in between the light of the sun shining on the moon. The Earth passed between the light of the sun shining on the moon, and so the shadow of the Earth was cast on the moon. Very powerful energy, really, because that means that the sun and the moon were in their greatest opposition, their greatest polarity, with the earth exactly in the center between them. It wasn't like off by a little bit, where even though the earth might have been between them, let's say the moon was a little bit more north and the you know, the sun was a little bit more north also, so that the light shined over the earth. It went over or it went under. In this case, the light of the sun shined right on the earth. The moon was directly behind it, and there was a shadow cast upon the moon. Putting the earth between this axis, the axis of what is mine and what is yours has a global implication and it has a personal implication. The global implication is that we need to be looking at what we believe is ours and what we believe is we own and what we believe we have to share. And certainly from a nationalistic perspective, we do feel like as countries that we have certain boundaries that belong to us. We definitely don't like when those boundaries are encroached upon by others and of course history does change those boundaries it always has and it always will 
But many countries have maintained some consistency in their boundaries for a long, long time. The United States is a young country, but a country like China is not. A country like Japan is not. <clears throat> in many ways, even a country like the Netherlands or England is are not that young. So that we have... Um, you know, nationalistic ownership. And then we have global resources that we share. Either we buy them and sell them or we trade them or we in some way, you know, like participate with them. And occasionally I think there are countries that might go in and just take them, whether that might be the acquisition of a region or whether that might be someone's resources that some wants to go in and monopolize, that's also a part of that scorpionic energy. And from my feeling, and especially I want to include this in, in the recorded session, this moon in Scorpio at five degrees Scorpio, this eclipsed moon, is, is a premonition of Saturn being stationary at five degrees Scorpio, for all of June, July, and most of August. And I feel like we're going to see, what, it, what it's portending for me is that we're going to see an emphasis on that Saturnian retrograde, when Saturn goes retrograde. There's going to be a very intense kind of energy produced that's going to make us all sit up and think about what is ours and what are we here to share. Global resources are going to become one of the really important issues that we're going to be discussing. It's not just going to be something that we're going to continue to ignore and that we're all just going to continue to hoard and we're going to be like, oh, well, you know, the Chinese are monopolizing precious metals in Southeast Asia and they're buying up Africa and they're buying up Brazil and, you know, the United States is trying to keep its hands on the oil and Europe is trying to keep its hands on, you know, Africa. And Global resources are going to be something that we're going to have to address. And it seems like in the fighting that we do over global resources, there will be an opportunity to have a discussion. So on a personal level, um, the, the eclipse means, you know, what is mine and what is yours, and it also depends upon the houses that it occurs in, the houses that it occurs in. For instance, for me, it was in 12 and 6. So it occurred in the 12th house and the 6th house. So it's going to be about the way in which I give service, both practical service and um, psycho-emotional service where I'm doing readings and where um, I'm doing um, uh, you know, counseling for people because that's a part of my Venus in the, uh, in the 12th house. So the... Um, the sun today was in my 12th and, uh, sorry, the moon was in my 12th and the sun was in my 6th. And that's about the way in which I work in the world, both in a practical Virgo way and in a Piscean emotional way. And I will expect to see then when Saturn goes retrograde in June, July, and August, in August probably an uptick in the amount of service, the quality of service, or my ability to tap into psychic energy. That's all a possibility. For you individually listeners, you would need to know what houses did the eclipse occur in, and that's just a question of knowing which house 
uh, Scorpio was in for you, and uh, which which house uh, um, Taurus was in because it happened in Taurus and in um, and in Scorpio. So that's a little bit about the eclipse. I have one more call. I want to just check in on area code nine five one. You're on the inside connection. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Have I ever spoken to you before? No, I don't think so, Dr. Rick. Um, let's just take a quick look at your chart because I'm really getting close to the end of my show. Um, okay. What's your first name? Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Uh, Nathaniel, maybe I have spoken with you. Are you from Orange, California? Were you born there? Yes, actually, I, I did go ahead and talk to you. Uh, no, it's fine. It's it's also been a long time, and I think I've had a few callers tonight that I haven't spoken to in six months or more. So um, I have your birthday as May the 1st, 1957, at 7.36 a.m. in Orange, County, Cal- in Orange California. Orange. Is that, yeah, is the, that correct? That's right. It's St. Joseph's Hospital right there in Orange. Great. Um, you know, uh, what can I tell you about your chart tonight? You have Gemini rising, so Jupiter is actually going to conjunct your Mars in Gemini. It's funny, all the readings tonight had something at 28 degrees of a mutable sign. You have 28 degrees Gemini in the first house. So, are you writing something, Nathaniel? Yeah, I'm trying to write some music, but I'm kind of busy, you know, right now. I'm, I mean, it seems like I've kind of got a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. Again, for you at the end of um, at the end of June, going into July, you have the opportunity for collaboration to do some writing. Then Jupiter is going to go into your second house. You have an excellent financial year. It usually means that money is going to be very good for you in 2013, especially all the way from um, July to July of 2014. So it's like a 13-14 financial uptick for you. So that's positive. But I, I like this, um, you know, Mars is going to be in Gemini and Jupiter is going to be in Gemini, conjuncting your Jupiter all kind of at the same time. Uh, it could mean that you're going to meet a relationship. Are you in one right now? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, that's fine. And it could mean that you're also in the process of doing some really deep house cleaning on your inner psyche. You have a lot of planets in the 12th, so, you know, you're a very passionate, selfless person. You work very hard to help people. Um, You know, the eclipse for you today happened also in the 12th and the 6th, just like I was saying it had happened for me. So... What comes to mind is a greater level of service and commitment, both practical and um, emotional, that you're offering at work and in friendship and, um, uh, I guess, for yourself as well. The way in which you nurture and take care of yourself, you need to consider being really on top of your game in that realm as well. But Jupiter is the ruler of your house of relationships, and at the end of June, I see it bringing a relationship, possibly with a man, not not like a romantic relationship, unless that's what you're looking for, but like collaborative. I see like a some kind of a partnership, and um, it feels very positive, very um, productive, very talkative, very um, informed, somebody that you can respect, somebody that enlarges your circle. You know, you're really not 
really not um, you know that old, obviously. And you've got you know, Moon and Gemini and Gemini rising. You have a lot of Gemini. You're a social guy. You have Midheaven and Aquarius. Um, you could always use a new friend, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, especially a professional or collaborative friendship. Huh. Could it be my brother? Or probably not. Uh, don't yep. see that. No, don't see it being a brother. Great. Um, and that's kind of your reading for tonight. Hey, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. I look forward to having you on the show again. Okay. Have, okay. have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So I'm not going to have any more time for any other callers tonight. Um, and um, so I only have a, a couple of more minutes for the show. And so if you are holding on the switchboard, I apologize for not being able to get to everybody tonight. People that call in late, it's difficult sometimes to be able to get everybody in at the end. Usually I can go a little faster if I see how many people there are early on in the show. So um, I think auspiciously I'm going to leave you tonight with Pink Moon by Nick Drake. And um, thanks for being here with me on the Inside Connection. I will talk to you again next Thursday, 8 p.m. Pacific. Have a great night. Bye-bye. As I've written and as I've said